That's the funniest thing. You go to India and it's all true. They're all bobbling their head. Yeah, they do. And you're like, can I, can I have some rice? And they bobble their head. And you're like, am I getting rice? Because it's a side to side. It's not an up and down, like a yeah. yes or a side no. Am I getting rice or am I not getting rice? So I'm getting rice and they bobble their head again. And you're like, just say yes or no, please. <laughs> I don't know if I'm it's getting so rice. Funny. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 055. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, 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 hello. What's happening in your part of the world? Yeah, what's going on this lovely Monday? Tweet us, tell us, why not? Yeah, at my travel freedom. So in this episode, we are in Amritsar, not literally, but we were, northwest India, close to the Pakistan border. And we're also going to be visiting one of the largest free kitchens in the world. Yeah, they seriously serve over 100,000 people per day that's insane 100,000 people a day that's that, a busy restaurant it was insane but it was such a good experience but we're going to talk about that a little bit later yeah and we also visit the india pakistan border and see some indian soldiers contorting their legs to unusual proportions <laughs> it's very it's strange. very strange um, but yeah we're going to go to the flag ceremony the border ceremony where they lower the flags end of every day more on that later and most importantly we oh, get to reminisce important. oh yeah we get to reminisce about the best Indian bread we've ever had. Yeah, it's amazing. Ever. But first, it's the news. News, 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 news. There we go. So we're in Thailand. Yes. It's our first episode being recorded back in Thailand. We have made it. Yes. We just got back from a swim on the beach. It was really nice. We've got a hotel, which is at Lamai Beach. And yeah, we're just a few seconds walk away from the ocean front yeah about 30 seconds but it's low season so the price is good 17 dollars a night not too bad for being 30 seconds from the beach air-conditioned hotel room that is and all right the skies were very blue today which made us particularly happy oh such a nice day but you can get cheaper rooms around like if you just wanted to put up with like a fan room you could get stuff like 10 bucks a night yeah like a little fan bungalow you there's another place we, a night. we've stayed at previously but we didn't say that because the internet's a little shizen so yes. that's why we chose this place, but we're very happy here. Rich yeah. resort. It's awesome. So we were sad to leave Romania, but it's nice to be back in paradise. It's good to be swimming and living at the beach again every day. Yeah. 16 yeah. months in Europe, uh, barely any beach time. I so. know, and I'm such a beach person. I'm so Australian in that way. I'm just like, I need my blue skies, I need my beach. But so. aside from the beach, I suppose one of the other main reasons we headed here down to the islands in south, the south of Thailand is because we are speaking our first ever proper official conference speaking, speaking gig. gig. Yes, woo, woo, we're doing woo, woo, woo. it. We're making yes. it happen. So we are going to be talking about podcasting and SEO. Yeah. People want to, you know, crack open our brains and find out some information about that. And we're all going to be doing it from a beachfront resort near Hadrin Beach, which is on Copenhagen. That's where they do the full moon parties. Although there won't be any full moon when we're there, but there might be a party. We're sort of planning a bit of a party. We're going to have our own little blogger party. We'll be having a blogger party. But yeah, because this is, yeah, so this is for the travel blogger retreat. 
And if you are in Thailand from the 4th of October to the 11th of October, there are still tickets available. There's no discounts now, unfortunately, at this stage. It's just full price tickets left over. But there's a lot included. It's actually really worth the price. There's loads we're included. We're doing sunset yoga and we're going snorkeling and we're climbing to this really awesome view thing. It's <laughs> really very specific. We're doing some beach volleyball. Stuff. There's a barbecue when we first arrive. There's Plus, six talks, also six course. talks every day, including us. Six talks in total, not every day. That sounds confusing. Six talks every day. Oh uh, no, no, yeah. Six talks in total over six days, and workshops, and we're going to do some like masterminding and stuff like that as well. So it's going to be really cool. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more, do head over to travelbloggerretreat.com. And that's on the show notes for this episode as well. And actually, this is the first Travel Monday episode where it's going to feature a full transcript. I'm going to copy over all of our notes that we use to do the episode. When we're chatting away here, we do have some notes in front of us. So it's not like a complete, exact, accurate, 100% copy of what we say. No, because we go off on random tangents. We always go off on tangents. But it's like a general overview of everything we're planning on saying. So you can read a little bit about what's going to be in the episode. If you decide you don't want to actually listen to us and want to read our podcast instead, I'm not really sure why you would want to read our podcast. But love the sound of our voices once a week in your headsets. But yeah, head over to TravelFreedomPodcast.com slash zero five five if you do want a full rundown on what's happening at the travel blogger retreat go back to episode zero five zero because that's when we talked to dave brett and i also gave a complete explanation of the stuff that we'd be getting up to it's gonna be a lot of fun but anyway we are today talking about india back to india or not it's a trick before we before we get into talking about India, we're just going to do a few shout outs for some of the companies we've been working with over the last month. We've been working with some very cool companies yeah. lately. I've been really, really impressed. Yeah, we've done some good stuff. They've been spoiling us rotten. So, you know, companies, feel free to continue doing that. Hell yeah. Loving it. But yeah, we've got to show them some love, you know, because um, they've been really good to us. So we just get a few mentions. And as you know, we sort of think it makes sense for us when we choose companies to work with, we are actually choosing them. A lot of people do press trips where they just get, they apply for something and then they get put on a whole bunch of random experiences that might or might not be relevant to their blog. Sometimes they are relevant, sometimes they're not relevant. Sometimes it's done really well, sometimes it's not done so well. But we always make sure we just apply directly to companies for stuff we really want to do. We're really trying to focus around that food fun adventure. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit that, then, you know, it doesn't fit. So we, we can't do it. Yeah, that's our theme. Food fun and adventure experiences. Those are the things we pitch for. And the odd product here and there that's useful for our backpack. Yeah, so as I said, we've been really lucky that we've had some really fantastic experiences with the companies we've been working with. We don't always have great experiences, but we... we normally do. Normally do. Because we choose companies we think we're going to like. But yeah, we're not one of those brands that just will be like, hey, you know, send me somewhere for free and I will say nice, happy things about it, even if it's shit. No, we don't do that. We refuse to do that. We will not compromise. But anyway, it doesn't happen that often. Um, So let's talk about who we've been working with. Yes. Well, uh, just before we left Bucharest, we went to the escape room. Trolls. Trolls escape room. They're actually number one on TripAdvisor, so it's not hard for them to find them. The guys there helped us out with getting into the mood. Yeah, it was different from the other escape rooms we've done because they actually sat down and told us a story about the like the prelude to the, the actual escape room. So like there's this bike room where you've gone around to your friend's place because you need a bike last minute for your big bike trip you're doing the next day and you get locked in the room by accident. You have to solve all the puzzles to get out so you can get to your bike race. We actually did get to our bike race that day. Fortunately, I didn't have to ride a bike No. as a result of that. So no. we just went to the bar afterwards instead. <laughs> we got out of that one. But we also tried the virus one where you have to find the antidote yeah. to 
the virus that you're infected with, and if you don't find it in time, then you die. Um, we technically died. Yeah, but he let us finish out the game. We, we were, were about only six minutes. About yeah. six minutes over the hour, which isn't too bad. So we've we've done three for four, three wins out of four games played. Yeah. So that's the first one we that's lost, right. which is very sad. I know, but it was we, quite hard. It was in the dark. It, yeah, it was in the dark. That's really the first one we've done in the dark. You're doing the whole game with a flashlight. You're running around trying to find clues. Yeah. So if you don't see a clue because it's on a wall somewhere and it's really small and like things like that, you're like, ah, I can't find anything. So that was cool. That was, was really yeah, good. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, also, um, we went surfing in Bangkok. Yes, Hello. So they have a flow rider. So it's an artificial wave that you can learn to surf on in the middle of Bangkok. So we not only learned to surf, but we learned to fall. We mainly learned to fall we and a little bit of learning to surf. <laughs> Actually, I didn't fall that much because I was too chicken to let go of the guy's hand. He was like, I'm going to let go. I'm, gonna, I'm like, no, 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 let go of my hand. So... They put me back on boogie boarding duties. <laughs> yeah. <that's> a, <laughs> I am being stuck. A lot of fun. The, so much fun. Lots more info on that is coming up. We're releasing a food fun adventure Bangkok article and a Bucharest article, actually. So both of those are going to get featured in the next month or so on $5 Traveler, which is our personal blog. Um, that's at Flow House. And they even do Thai Western fusion food. We have these fish tacos with a Thai curry sauce, which is really interesting. Like Delicious. guacamole and sour cream and Thai curry sauce. Delish. Like completely unexpected, but really works. Uh, one more place we're going to have a shout out from this episode is the Yim Hai Kwang Hostel, which is in a less touristy district of Bangkok really called cool. Hai Kwang. Really cool. Area. It is very cool. They have a big selection of like little street food restaurants that are much cheaper than some, some of the places that are more central. So you can easily get a meal for like 50 baht. And we found baht. a place where we got a full one hour time massage for 150 baht. Oh, and it was That's good. That's like unheard. No. The dude fully walked on my back I for know. like three minutes up and down. I and had it was massage awesome. envy because my chick did not walk on my back. She was good. It was still good. But I didn't have, she didn't walk on my back. I had massage envy. Yeah. 150 bahts, like $4. So $4.50, something like that. That's really, really cheap. <laughs> and the Thai bar is not doing so well at the moment. So it's a really good time to come to Thailand if you want your dollars to go a little bit further. Anyway, the hostel was really interesting. The Yim Hai Kwang hostel. Uh, design it's a, hostel. It's a design hostel. So they got loads of cool, funky features. All of the walls have got crazy colors on and stuff's pasted up in there. And you know, it's really interesting. You need to see the photos. I can't do it justice by describing it. Yeah, so, great place to stay in a great area of town. Yeah, real different area of town. This is not Khao San Road. This Ugh. is this is the opposite of Khao San Road. Don't this is a real local right. district there's not a lot of expats around so it makes it much more interesting to get a real sense of bangkok and what the locals do indeed but more shout outs on our next travel money because it's all to do with the money but we just wanted to give them a little bit of a a little bit of living because they were great yes exactly great companies that we worked with but is it time to go to india uh yes let's go we're there yay <laughs> damn Teleportation. We didn't tell you guys we had a teleportation machine. Yeah. Teleportation? Yeah. We've been watching a lot, of, a lot of Rick and Morty, so it's got our like, science brains bubbling away. If you're not watching Rick and Morty, you watch need to Rick watch and Rick and Morty. Just saying. Awesome. Okay, so Amritsar. Really cool place. Actually, this is one of my favorite cities that we visited in India. I feel like I had a more easygoing experience. People were a bit more chilled out. India can be quite hectic. Amritsar for a city is actually pretty relaxed. It's a very spiritual city the city's over one million people so it's nowhere near as big as somewhere like delhi that's another reason it's not quite as insane it's in the northwest of india right on the pakistan border about 28 kilometers away it's the home of the sikh religion 
and it's the golden temple there, one of the it's the holiest temple for the Sikhs. And it's beautiful. It's really amazing gilded really gold Real gold. Temple. It's actually gold. It's real gold. Not so many places gold. you go and they're like, this used to be gold, but every bastard stole all the fucking gold. No so one's letting them steal it. Yeah. So the, yeah it's, it's Here's the big fact, though. It attracts more daily visitors than the Taj Mahal. But why? Why? Well, it might be because they give away free food That's always all day, every day, 24-7. Yep. That's what got us there. That gets people through the door. I think we'd have gone there anyway. We would Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the free, free food, it's a bonus. You know, yeah. But um, either way, the complex itself, especially the Golden Temple, which is sitting glittering on this causeway that sticks out into this giant blue-green man-made pool, uh, which was actually constructed in the 1570s. And the pool is called Amritsar. That's how the town got its name. And it means the pool of nectar of immortality. Oh, so that's why everyone like swims in the water. Everyone cleanses in the water, yeah. People take their shoes off and they stand in the water and cleanse themselves. But yeah, the city was built around it. Uh, the temple itself was completed in the center of that pool in 1604. So like 30 years after they finished the pool, they went, oh, let's build a temple in the middle of it. And uh, it's a seriously important place for Sikhs. That's for sure. Uh, the line to get into the temple, which is actually a really small temple with a really big line, because it only fits like 100 people inside. And the line is forever, because it's quite important, I think, for locals to come and pray there every day, maybe, or at least like as yeah. often as they can. It's paying so their respects. we went late at night because the line was much, much shorter. And it wasn't as hot during the day. Like, so like it was cooler it at as night. Hot as during the day. Yeah, yeah, as during the day to wait, so. Yeah, so that's, that's a little tip for you. If you don't want to have to queue up forever, try going at night. We also get some really nice night shots of the temple. We got the water some really nice night yeah. shots. Um, they got a bit funny with me using a tripod at one point. Steady um, hands, people. Steady there's, hands. There's no information on the door saying you can't use it. They can walk it. around with giant big knives yeah. you can't take in <laughs> I a tripod. about the knives. Yeah. They're carrying fucking it's, scimitars. Yeah. Like, it's actually, I think it's part of the Sikh tradition. Yeah, they've got to You're supposed to carry a knife at all times. Yeah, I can't remember the rule, but yeah. We didn't research this part. But you are supposed to carry a knife at all times, and they walk around with these huge curved knives around this pool, and they're like, you can't use a tripod, mate. That's dangerous. What? Tripod? No. Knife. You got a knife? Can you balance your camera on a knife? No, I can't. (laughs) Can't do that. So... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, the original temple was actually really fucked up uh, by an Afghan attack in the mid-18th century. Boo. Boo, boo. But um, after that, they rebuilt it and then covered it in gold in the 1830s. So, you know, maybe it wasn't even the Golden Temple before. I didn't find out any oh, information on that. But it, it is golden become, now, that's for sure. very, very golden. Photos in the show notes if you want to check that out. Yeah, just ornate gilded designs uh, all over the structure inside and out. Like, yeah, you have to go inside and outside. You have to do both. Yeah. I I don't think we could take photos inside. No. But you can take photos outside, and it's really cool. But, yeah, of course, one of the most fascinating things that we did there was we visited the free kitchen, which is called the Langar. Yes. And it's run by volunteers and funded, essentially, well, fed, fedded. Is that a word? It's fedded by food donations. People are fedded. Fedded. People are fed. Awesome. That is great English. People are feed. But as we said, they are fooded. They are food aside. (laughs) Foodified. But they feed over 100,000 people per day. And so the kitchen just goes 24-7. 24-7. You can go in there at night and get a free meal. Three o'clock in the morning. So we lined up with about 1,000 people and we were herded into this massive high ceiling room, cavernous room. It's like going to a conference center and just having some giant room, but no chairs. Everyone sits on the floor in lines, cross-legged. This is all 
to do with the sort of everyone is equal thing as well, I think. Plus the fact that if it was lots of chairs, it'd probably be a lot harder to get as many people in. Yeah, exactly. So you all just sort of sit down in a row and then the people come out and they bring you like the metal dishes that are sort of divided up. So you've got your little rice space and you've got your curry space and you've got your... Well, they've got these everywhere in India. Yeah, exactly. They do them for serving tallies. So you're going to get a tali, basically. That's what it is, which is like, yeah, like three or four items with rice and bread. That's how it's done. Yes. But before the food is served, they have to pray. So let's get some atmosphere before our meal and let's go to a clip. So it's a bit like a school assembly. The headmaster says, good morning, everyone. And then they go, good morning, sir. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to insult an entire religion here. It's just, there was a lackluster response to the very excited guys who were shouting. <laughs> but people were pretty excited when the food came. Uh, people were very excited when the food came. The food did not last long. That's why they get so oh, many people through in a day. Yeah, they fill up your thing and you're like, scoop it in, scoop it in, scoop yeah, it in. It's like dudes come along and they've got massive ladles and these big metal buckets and they just... Just slop it out, slop it out, slop it yeah. out. Get it so everyone gets a bit. So it's veg curry and then like a lentil dal and then this cheese curd. It's really sour. Yeah, it's like a sour wet cheese curd. I don't thing. like. I love that. And then rice and chapatis. Yeah, uh, chapati is like a unleavened bread. It's normally quite a. It's a smaller bread, so it's smaller than a naan bread. If you've seen one of those before, it's a little bit drier. It doesn't bake in the oven. Yeah. Um, but good. They're great. They're like just flat little. It's like tortillas. They're like Indian tortilla breads. Yeah. Sort of like that. Fatter. A bit. Yeah, a bit. So, food's very basic, of course, uh, but it means anyone, no matter how much money you've got, can just go there because it's free. So, poor people who live in Amritsar don't go hungry. No Absolutely one gets turned no away. No one is turned away. Everyone gets fed, which is amazing to see. Yeah, and some of the food, I would say the food is better than some things that I've had at curry houses in Australia or America. Like, it's still Indian food. Yeah, they it's, put fl spices in it, so it's it's edible. It's really, yeah, yeah. it was quite, I was quite impressed. I was pretty happy with it. Um, I said, happier than I've been with paying $20 for buying a curry in Australia before. Sometimes, like, people go abroad and they make their food watered down for Western people, and it's rubbish. Yeah. It gives themselves a bad name for no reason. There's also some other great food in Amritsar. We're going to talk about that as well. Obviously, the paid restaurant food is probably better, but for free food, this was great. Yeah, pass. definitely. And also just sitting amongst like seriously like thousands of strangers eating rice and dal, you sort of realize how privileged that we are that we don't have to rely on those sort of handouts to, to get food. Yeah, like it's a little bit humbling. And that's the idea, as I was saying, about equality. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. There is an equality thing in Sikhism where everyone is supposed to feel equal. Um, and there's surprisingly wasn't that many tourists there. We no, were the only tourists coming We through. might have seen one or two other tourists in there, in that thousand people. Maybe the next thousand yeah. people had a couple of tourists in as well. But yeah, it's such a, it's charity on a huge scale. Not everyone who's eating there is poor. Some people are eating there daily because it's just part of their ritual. their ritual to go. They're not necessarily really poor, but there's a big mix of different classes in there. But definitely it just means the poor people of Amritsar can, can eat, which is great. Um, so after you exit the food hall, you get a cacophony of noise. Take a listen to this and see if you can guess what it is. Did you guess what it is? It is the sound of volunteers washing up thousands of metal plates that the visitors eat off. Like, can you imagine 
washing that many plates, just 24-7, 100,000 plates a day. Oh, my God. I hate doing our dishes, and that's just two of us. And I don't do it after every meal. Yeah. I do it once a day, and I hate that. Yeah, it's just a continuous production line of washing up, and it's all volunteers. No one's getting paid to be there. Another part of the Sikh religion, it's incredibly important to volunteer. So if you hate washing up, you might want to be on potato peeling duty instead. How about that? I hate that more. <laughs> you, might, you might hate that more. Yeah, there's rows and rows of volunteers sitting along. They just so put tops. So many potatoes on these oh tops. God. Yeah, take a look on the show notes for this um, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 055 because the potato is insane. Just tarp after tarp covered in potatoes and just people sitting around it peeling potatoes. Crazy. But yeah, so it's an important part of Sikh religion to volunteer. It's a central theme a central theme for Sikhs to fight for inequality, as I mentioned. And another thing that they do for this is they wear a turban. They're the turban people. They're the turban people. The religion, you have seen people wearing turbans in other countries. They always wear their turban. That quite possibly is a Sikh person. But you probably think of it more like Maharaja's yeah. wearing it or like... Well, traditionally royalty. in India, it was worn by yeah. the elites. And the Sikhs all wear it in order to show that they are all equal. So it was sort of like their rebellion against all of the overly rich people. And they're going like, no, no matter I whether you're... I can wear a turban too. Yeah, we can all wear turbans and we're all going to say we're all at the same level. Yeah, even we had to wear covers on our heads when we went into the temple. So that's something you should keep in mind if you do go and you don't want to wear like borrowed headscarf, like take it your own been, headscarf. Could have been worn by five people that day already with <laughs> like lice. 50,000 people, I don't know. We don't know how to A lot of people go through that. But take your own headscarf. Yeah, so other than the free kitchen, we were, of course, on the lookout for some affordable street food. I have to say, and we mentioned this right at the top of the episode, literally the best bread, Indian-style bread, I have ever, ever, ever tasted anywhere in the world. Like, kick ass. In fact, so good, I think it might be time for a story corner. Oh, here we go. Am I going to insult all of you? No, no I just don't think you're going to get that accent right. Oh, it's an Indian story corner. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Actually. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's Indian you story. You all your head from side to side. I'm bobbling my head right now. That's the funniest thing. You go to India and it's all true. They're all bobbling their head. Yeah, they do. And you're like, can I, can I have some rice? And they bobble their head. And you're like, am I, am I getting rice? Because it's a side to side. It's not an up and down, like a yeah. yes or a side no. It's just side to side. Am I getting rice or am I not getting rice? So I'm getting rice and they bobble their head again. And you're like... Just say yes or no, please. <laughs> I don't know if I'm it's getting so rice. It's funny. It's really funny. But anyway, go. Story yes. corner. Oh, story corner. So when it rains in Amritsar, the streets become pretty muddy. It's one of those places that's like it's really old town that was, yeah, say built around 1570, 1600s, that sort of time. So it's pretty old. They got really narrow passages, winding lanes, no modern town planning going on there. Um, not. You know, the street vendors with all the colorful fabrics, they're sort of spilling out onto these narrow streets. And of course, there's loads of guys with little carts and food. Of course. Yes, street food. Nice. It's typical street food going on there. Although it's not typical for all of India, because let's say all of India, different parts of India have very different street food. So it's typical for that region. And we discovered breads and curries, really. It yeah. seems like, I mean, obviously you can get rice, but bread and curry is more typical in the north than rice because the rice grows in the south. Exactly. So, although, so it's a lot more bread that you get in the north. So that sort of Bangladeshi kind of influence. It's all that northern kind of area. But these were all, we were getting them for less than 50 cents a meal, yeah. about 20 to 30 rupees. It, so 40, 50 cheap. cents a meal. It's crazy. So, cheap. so, you know, when it's a bit muddy and it's all a little 
gross and dirty, you might think, oh, I don't want to eat street food. That's not going to be right. But don't be put off because it's so good. Yeah, let's, so good. let's play a little clip and then we'll explain exactly what we ate. We ran the streets of Amritsar and we found this little place. He's got a, a metal drum that he's cooking up some, it's like a herb, naan, and for 20 rupees. And you also get a chickpea curry and some little vegetables on the side. 20 rupees, so cheap. And this looks delicious, but it is going to make us have a heart attack. Look at this butter. Look at the butter, he just slapped it on there. Let's eat. So in that clip we wrongly called it naan bread because, well, you know, that's uh, what happens when you do stuff live and you've got no idea what you're talking about. Well, we have since been educated. We have been educated. Yes. It's uh, similar to naan, so if you know what a naan bread's like, then it is similar to that. It's like a slightly fluffy, flat bread. Uh, this one's actually called kucha, and ours was stuffed with potato and lathered in herbs and butter. So much butter. Oh my God. So much butter. Like literally you pick up the bread and you tip it one way and just like all this, all the butter just rushes down to one end and then you tip it the other <laughs> way. You're like, don't spill the butter on the floor. <laughs> Put oh, it in your oh, belly oh. so you can get a heart disease. Yeah. <laughs> it's but worth it. It's, it's worth the heart disease. It is worth it. Really, really, really good bread. So this is made with wheat flour and it's leavened. So it does rise when they put it in the oven. It's served with coli, which is a chickpea curry. Very tasty, tasty little chippy curry on the side to dip it in. Um, but the most interesting thing about how it is made here on the street. Oh, we were so amazed by this that naturally you can't just have like a big tandoori oven out on the street. When you've got a street car, you can't just carry a bloody tandoori oven with you everywhere you go, can you? Maybe you could. Or can you? Or maybe he'd just improvised his own tandoori oven rather than having to buy a real one. It was amazing. This dude had got an old oil drum, which I hope was never filled with oil, but it was an old oil drum that was sort of filled with concrete in a way to leave a teardrop shaped hole on the inside so he could turn it yeah. into a tandoori oven. Turn into tandoori. It was brilliant. Yeah. All the coals go in the bottom and the heat comes up the side of this sort of teardrop shape so that it sort of cooks evenly or something and keeps the heat in. So the top is more closed up than the middle. So yeah. the heat sort of circulates in the middle. It's and they really just sort cool of, you know style. how they, they kind of stick the bread to the side of the thing and it cooks yes. and it's done like oh my goodness amazing pry it off with a metal stick and then serve it up covered in butter mm -hmm. and yeah this tiny little car i mean it had to be like one meter wide it's like three feet wide a tiny tiny car most of it was this tandoori oven in the middle and then on the end he had this little bit of bench where he he rolled the dough together and then he rolled it out and flattened it yeah. by hand. And then he had just like a hand. couple of seats behind him, maybe like four seats in this little space. That a little was, alcove sort of Yeah, thing. a little alcove that you just sort of sit down and, you know, people try and talk to you and you don't understand a, what they're saying and they laugh. And there was a lot of people standing around going, what are these guys eating here for? And yeah, what are these white people doing? You, I don't you think don't he gets here. a lot of white customers at his 20 rupee stall that's very muddy. But I mean, the actual food itself, he was keeping the tabletops clean. He was cleaning everything. It's just that the ground is so muddy when it rains, you think like, oh, it's filthy, but it's not. No. And like, honestly, it's amazing. I I figured like, there's so many locals standing around. Fuck it, we're gonna do it's this. It's gotta be the place to eat if there's that many locals like waiting in line to get his food. He's continuously making bread. Yeah. Like the orders are flowing through. We had to wait. We went back there a couple of times. It was yeah, he was good. So like the outer part of the bread goes really crispy, like the base of a perfectly cooked pizza. So, but crispy on the top and the bottom, not just the bottom. So that's, it's like double pizza. But then in the middle, you've got the soft bit. Uh, you bite in through the, the crispy skin and then it goes to this mildly spiced soft potato filling 
It's like just slightly curryfied. You've been watching way too much <sighs> Good. Food Network. But yeah, <laughs> your descriptions are getting insane. They're getting more preposterous all the time. <laughs> so but seriously, there's a heart attack-sized portion of butter atop the bread, and that leaves this rich overtone in your mouth that just balances so nicely with the chickpea curry. Ooh. It's just I'm drooling just remembering. Oh it now, my god, buttery plus curry plus crispy pizza crispiness bread. Yeah, and that bread was awesome. But <laughs> it's not the winner. It's, it's not the Have winner. we led you down the garden path? No. Did you think we were going to review the best bread in India first? No. See, and this is one of the reasons I like Amritsar because almost every single thing that we ate was awesome. We did eat very well. We do like food. People know that. But, you know, the Golden Temple was amazing. The border thing that we're going to talk about later is really unusual, quirky, and interesting. But we just ate so well for no money. It's Awesome. So the culture actually comes in second place of all the breads that I had in India over the two and a half months we were there, and the many breads that I've had in other countries that were Indian breads, no. none of which really compare to anything we normally had in India. No. They do nail it. But the best bread da, 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 was served at Kesar da Daba. Ah, the Daba. The Daba. You'll find the Dabas a lot in Everywhere. this area. Yeah, they are a traditional budget restaurant, almost like a truck stop. Yeah, except no trucks. No trucks. Uh, that's what they. Sort it's affordable of, food. It's affordable food, but with seating. Exactly. It's a real restaurant. So our amazing bread that we got is called Jawain Butter Parata. We're not sure if the Jawain describes the butter or the Jawain describes the type of butter parata. But that's the name on the menu, and we're going to give you some information about how to find this place. But first, let's talk a little bit about it, because we got this parada for 40 rupees. That's about 75 cents, something like that. So it's cheap. You're eating inside on a real table, not at a dirty streetcar. No, it's a proper it's restaurant. still cheap. Yeah, really, really cool. And this place is really interesting. When we went there, we didn't know anything about it. We just walked around the street, and we went, that's the place we're going to go in. Let's try we that out. They had an open kitchen. They did have an open and kitchen. And we looked in and went, ooh. Yeah, they're making a lot there. of stuff. A lot of locals going in there. I did a bit of digging. They've actually got a website. Like, they've got their own website. This place is That's actually huge. They they're really famous in India. Um, the Daba was founded in 1916 in Shikh which is actually now in Pakistan. But when the Pakistan and India border was created, when the English left and they separated the two countries, these guys actually went, we're not staying in Pakistan. So they left and they took their restaurant to Amritsar, which is where it now is. And apparently Gandhi used to order takeout. Mahatma Gandhi used what? to order takeout from this place. No way! It's on their it's on their website. It's like <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi loves our food, and he used to order takeout. I guess he was probably too well known to maybe go and sit in there, or maybe he didn't live in Amritsar very often. I don't know where he, he didn't really live in Amritsar, did he? No, he didn't. Maybe at all. he went there once and he had it and went. I need people to bring this food to me. It's like the best <laughs> he food tried ever. the bread. Oh, yeah, he tried the bread. They do say on their website they stick to the same traditional recipes they used back in 1916 when yeah. the restaurant was founded. Well, we didn't actually know any of anything about the restaurant at yeah. the time, as we said before, but it actually turned out that a month or so after eating there, we were watching the Discovery Channel or Travel, Could have been travel, travel Channel, channel or something. Know. And the owner, who we had met, just was on the TV chatting, being interviewed by some chick who was yeah, not very chick. good at her job. But, you know, we were like, what is going on? That's the dude from Amritsar. Oh, what my the God. Hell? That's where we ate. And, and now we found out 
heard that he's been featured on TV a lot, like even on the BBC and stuff. Yeah, the restaurant's been on the BBC. Uh, crazy. But the funniest thing was this English girl who was presenting the show. She was pretty clueless. She was terrible. She was not a good presenter. Uh, when they were making the food, he goes to add all of this butter ghee to the pan, like the Indian butter. And she asks him, like, so for the people back in England, um, they might not have Indian butter. Or they might be like you know, wanting to watch their waistline. Yeah, like they might want a healthier option. Could they substitute this with olive oil? My face almost <laughs> fell off when she said that. But he was priceless because like he paused and then he looked at her and with the most dismissive <laughs> tone ever, like as if he was saying, you're a fucking idiot. That was the tone in his voice. Yeah. He just went, sure, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> it's like, so it's what like now are you now, because we're just like, anytime someone says something stupid, we're just like, Sure, why yeah. not? Ask a stupid question. You're like, sure, why not? Do whatever you want. If you want to have the worst bread in the world, add all the olive oil. <laughs> you yeah. dumb cow. Like, can I jump out of the third floor window into the swimming pool? Sure, why sure, not? Sure, why not? <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like as if you want a curry to taste like Italian food. I mean, seriously, crazy bitch. But, yeah, anyway, uh, that's our crazy delusion land that we live in with our fun inside jokes that we mock people. Yeah, we say it to this, even now, we still, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> We've got a few catchphrases from around the world. It's quite funny. Of course! Of course! It's like when you're in China and you say, can I do this? And they're like, of course! Oh, it's better in Mongolia. In Mongolia, we met that guy, and I think we mentioned this back in the Mongolia episode, like episode 35, but we met this guy and we were with a group of Israelis and they said hello and they said they're from Israel and he said something in Israeli and they're like, oh my God, you speak Israeli? And he went, of course! <laughs> like, dude, you're in the middle of Mongolia, of central course. Mongolia. Of course we're surprised that you speak Israeli. And he's like, why wouldn't I speak Israeli? I what's, speak everything. What's wrong with you? Of, the world. of course I speak Israeli in central Mongolia. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Still, anyway, off topic. That's yeah, fun. Back but to the bread. Back let's to the bread. It's really bread. important that you guys hear about this because okay. this is seriously the best bread we've ever had. I'm going to use my Food Network training to okay. talk about this bread as well. Describe so away. It looks a bit like a thick pancake. But the individual layers like separate as it is baked. So it's like coming apart. Like imagine puff pastry, but each of those puffed layers is thick and bready like a pancake. But it's actually more like bread than like a pancake. So it's like somewhere in between the three. But like every single end of all of those fluffy, soft, bready bits has gone super crazy crispy because it's being baked in a tandoori oven amazing i will actually sit there and i will individually yeah, peel. Pull them off. It, i take ages to eat parada much longer than anyone else because i pull off every individual bit and eat it individually i love it just layer upon layer of simultaneously crispy and soft bread covered in fresh butter g which is like the richest butter in the world way richer than anything you get back home Super tasty. so just imagine that bread crunching with a crazy bite, but instantly melting away to doughy, buttery goodness. No more Food Channel for you. <sighs> it's the best bread in India. It is. It really, really is. It really is. And the best as bread we said before, India. they do have a website. Put it on the show notes. We'll put it on the show notes. Channelfreedompodcast.com slash 055 because uh, we won't be able to spell it out. Best bread in the world. Go to Amritsar. If you go to Amritsar, 
if you're not, if you're just going to India, just make sure you put Amritsar on your itinerary now. It's a little bit out of the way. I suppose that's why a lot of tourists don't go there as much, but then they do get a lot of people going to the Golden Temple, so it's obviously pretty popular. Exactly, and it's also worth it for the next attraction that we're about to talk about. Yes, next today, a pretty famous attraction that Michael Palin went to visit in his show Himalaya that was he out a few years ago. View than we uh, he got put in the VIP seats, which apparently you can apply for. You just have to email them and go, I'm really important and I've got a blog. And yeah, we didn't, we didn't know, we didn't know at the time. We didn't. Maybe next time we'll try and pretend that we're important and yeah, get we're like, VIP seats. I'm Michael Palin's cousin. And, uh, <laughs> Look, I'm English and everything. Yeah, I'm English and so obviously I'm Michael Palin's cousin. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But yes, it's the Indian-Pakistan border ceremony. So it's at the, is it Wagga? Wagga, possibly. That's I'm going to say Australian, name. Wagga. Wagga, Wagga, Wagga. Wagga. Uh, so it's a border crossing. And so it's this big spectacle. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's Well, we're going to explain it. So maybe you have yes. seen it, but it's about 28 kilometers outside of Amritsar, which you can barter with a tuk-tuk for a few hundred rupees. Actually, I think we went to a stand where they had set fixed prices and we yes. just went, we want to hire one of your rickshaws to take us out and back. And it was either 400 or 600 rupees. I can't remember. Which yeah. is like and they 10, wait for you while you can see bucks. the show. Yeah, it is quite a way. 28 kilometers each way and they wait for you. So 10 bucks for that. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. It's a big show of pride on both sides. Big, big, They big, take big, this big. really seriously. And they do this every day where they yes. draw the flags of each country. Like they pull them down at the same time to close the gates until the next day yes. arises. And so. it's celebrated with the same gusto again and again and again. A much leg extension. They as must we, do a lot of yoga. Yes, like they must. Like so the Indian soldiers, if they can't kick themselves in the face, their own face, then they've actually failed as border guards. You wouldn't think that would be the most important skill for a border guard, but actually it is. <laughs> Kicking yourself in your own face is very important. Yes, I'm sure Michael Palin just went because uh, he wanted to see a different version of the... The uh, silly walks. I'm surprised Cleese didn't go and participate. Cleese would be amazing. He's got the walk and he's got the moustache. He's oh. got the Indian soldier moustache. Uh, but the entrance to the border is, it's more like an arena than a border. It's really weird. And when you're sitting in the it's arena, before they started the ceremony, they actually had like a busload of tourists, not tourists, but I mean like people going home or people traveling to Pakistan. They just drove through the arena in a bus and then they took them through the border. It is actually the border crossing. Oh, yeah. And they it, have people like, they give them these big flags and they run up and down with pride. Of, this is the Indian side. We couldn't really see what was happening on the Pakistan side. Lots of were, similar stuff, I think. Yeah. It looked like it's very exciting for anybody who attends. There must have been over 2,000 people just on our side. Yep. They're cheering. And Pakistan's side was a little bit less busy, but still a lot of people screaming and singing away. There is two important things you really need to know about the ceremony, though. All Indian soldiers must have a mustache, as we mentioned like earlier. A big, chunky, like, you know, one that Filling it's hard to comb because it's so thick. Like, it's, it's bushy. But it must also be perfectly groomed at the same time as being incredibly bushy. It is amazing. I don't know how they do it. Uh, actually, we only saw one soldier without a moustache. He was kind of the outcast. He was not allowed to participate <laughs> in the actual silly walks. He was shunned to the side and he, like, stood at the side stopping people going out of one entrance or something. Yeah, he was... It's, they're like... When you grow up, mate, when you grow up when and you're you an adult move. and you can grow a proper moustache, you can come here and do the silly walks with us. I don't know what the significance of the silly walks is. It's, I believe it is because it became this competition to see who could do the walk the most crazy. Like to go, well, they were like, just I trying to outdo each other. Yeah, they're outdoing they're just trying each other. to outdo each other in their might, in their, because they, they, they do big, like, and, like, it's like this big show of manly 
strength and it's somehow shouting and strutting yeah and so it's turned into like each side trying to outdo the other so the kicks each time got higher and the shouts got louder and the grunts got gruntier louder and longer because this is the second important fact they will have a shouting competition before the gate is closed whoever can shout for the longest seems to be the one that wins Once again, it's like a, who can hold the note for the longest? Like, what? It's very interesting. Actually, we've got a clip because it is quite amusing. Yeah, so they take it so seriously. They are mic'd up. You could hear you could hear the guy from Pakistan all the way across the border, yeah. actually in the background as the second voice. He was the one who went on longer. He actually won the shouting competition. He was pretty intense. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, the silly walks appear to be a taunting or outdoing each other thing. To see who's got the bendiest hamstrings, perhaps. Pretty I don't much. know. Yep. But um, eventually, after all this build up, they, they take the flags they down. Pull the flags they close down. the gates and they say, "So that's long, it. folks. See you tomorrow." Good night. That's it. It's all done. There you go. That's it. It's the whole thing. There's a couple yeah. of photos on the show notes, so do take a look at those if you want to see what we're talking about. Yeah. If you do turn up, there is a special foreigner section that you will get placed in. You don't really get a choice. No, you don't get a choice at all. They do have. For the actual locals, there's like a female section, a male section, and then you do have a family section as well. So it's all very segregated. And then us white people are very much kept in our white people box. The good news is the white people section is the second best seat in the house. Yes. So apart from the VIP seats, we are in the next block. Yeah. When I say white people dismissively, if you're Chinese, you will also be put in there. It's oh, yeah. not just, just white people. Yeah, it's sorry. Everybody. Just- Tourists, tourists, foreigners who are not, not Indian locals. nationals. Yeah, um, but make sure you turn up early. Don't get there late, or you will not get a, a proper seat. You might not even get in because they are pretty strict. There was a suicide bombing there in the Pakistani side in November 2014. That's after we went. We went just a little bit before that. We were quite lucky. It's the only time it's happened recently, but obviously it's pretty serious. Sixty people were actually killed on the Pakistani side. Hopefully the Indian security is a little bit tighter. I don't know the specifics, and I'm not getting into politics, but. Be aware they are not letting bags in. They are going to search people. They are being pretty damn tight on security. So if you turn Fair up late, enough. you might not get in. Yeah, and that's good. I'm glad they're being tight on security because they don't need another bombing there. And um, that is almost it for today. But let's finish up with an amusing observation. One of the things that we, I don't know if we've spoken about this, but we sort of love Subway. <laughs> this, is, this is not an advertising campaign. No, not at all. It's like it's like my home go-to thing. Like you it's know, our backup food when we want Western. Food. We're not big junk food fans. Like we don't eat McDonald's. We don't eat KFC, which is everywhere around the world. But I do really like a good Subway sandwich. They're pretty consistent all around the world. You get jalapenos and black olives in any country in the world. Yeah, and that's a bonus because some places you just don't see that anywhere else apart from Subway. But then we found the Subway in Amritsar in India, mm. and yes. it. Uh, I had been. I'd been hanging for this for days. I'd really just, you know, you get a little bit tired of curry, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I just needed something a little bit more Western. And we walked into the subway, and it was a vegetarian-only subway. And if you want to know what that means... Potato. Potato sandwich. You want a sandwich with potatoes in it? Different types of potato. Variations Um, on a potato Like a potato kofta ball, which, like, normally in a curry, I love potato kofta ball, but in a bread sandwich... with some uh, lettuce i don't find that very enticing there was also like paneer cheese sandwich which probably would have been good did you end up having paneer cheese sandwich in the end i don't remember 
Paneer cheese is like a cottage cheese, but it's like firm. I can't remember what I had. I can't... It's got the texture of tofu, but it It tastes like cottage cheese. Yeah. And I I mean, I actually quite like it. I like it in curry. And... As you said, with the bread, it just doesn't work that well. It wasn't fantastic. I was a little disgruntled. Yes. And considering, of course, you're paying much more for a subway than you would do for a restaurant in one of the dabbers, one of the budget restaurants. You're like, um, I'm all right, actually. I'm going to skip this. Uh, yeah, like even McDonald's. You can get a paneer burger at McDonald's. Uh, it might be terrible. I wouldn't try it. We don't go we into don't, McDonald's. We but McDonald's. it's probably better than a Big Mac. But still, you're going to pay a lot more for a McDonald's than you're going to pay for the tasty potato culture or the paradas that we had with so the curries. This is what we're saying. Junk food is disappointing. Stick with the tasty culture. That's what we should have done. Anyway, random photo of the menu from Subway is on the show notes if you want to see the selection of six sandwiches that were available. Do take a look at travelfreedompodcast.com slash 055. Well, it's the end of the show. How sad. Oh, that's but- a big one. Yeah, lots of India stuff. Yes, it's a big, big place, and lo- we did lots. No wonder we're exhausted when we left. And we've only ever talked about two places. We talked about Varanasi back in maybe episode nine oh, or something with Mary Ellen from Breathe, Dream, Go, who's speaking at Tbex this year. Yeah. So we had a chat with her about that um, a few months back, and we may do some more India features in the future. But so Varanasi and Amritsar are probably my favorite two places, with Kolkata coming in third. Of the north. I mean, I love the Taj Mahal. Yeah, of the north. Yeah. Of North India. South India, a whole different... A whole different ball whatever. game. Yeah. So then you got Goa, which is really central, but yeah, I like Goa. And... Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Lots of random towns you've never heard of. Good. <laughs> Let's do some travel homework. It's got to be that time, right? Okay, yes. It's a little bit of an unexpected one today. We're we... trying to mix it up a bit. Yeah. We thought in this whole spirit of volunteering that the Sikhs offer and that they do, we want you to maybe go out and offer to help out somewhere. Go volunteer. We felt a little bit inspired by helping others out in the in the kitchen, so maybe you might want to go out and do a little bit of volunteering yourself. Yeah. Alternatively, you can go to Subway and order a plain salad sandwich with no other fillings. Feel my pain. See how we felt in Amritsar. Feel my pain. Actually, I was so disappointed. Yeah. I mean, you ended up getting the Subway anyway. You just feel like, I will have it. I had already ordered and then you went, oh no, I'm going to go get pizza from that place down the road that we had that weird Indian but tasty pizza. And I was like, no, they've already started making the sandwich. Why would you come up with that now? I was very shitty with you that I day. still shared my chicken tikka paneer pizza with you. I know, it's because I was so shitty at you. But <laughs> changing your mind at the last minute when they'd already started making my sandwich. If you want something, the closest thing to Western food that isn't Subway is chicken tikka paneer pizza in Brothers Dabba, which is close to the other Dabba. It costs about 150 rupees. It's like $3, less than $3. It's surprisingly good. It's actually really good. And that's the one thing. At least they have cheese in India. It's not the same cheese that we're used to, but they do have cheese. It's all about cheese. It's all about cheese. On that note, farewell, cheese. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Maxie. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.